Have you thought this through? No way will that work. Are you sure? Is there any money in that? You'll never make any money doing that. How are you going to pay the mortgage? Just get a job. Welcome to the Savvy Entrepreneur. We are broadcasting live on WLCB 101.5 FM from the greater Chicago, Milwaukee area. I'm your host, Doris Nagel. I am a crazy entrepreneur myself, and I love helping other entrepreneurs. I've counseled lots of startups and small businesses as part of my law and consulting business over the years, and I've also started or helped start at least nine different businesses. And I wish I could tell you they were all successful, but I'm going to be honest and tell you, I have made so many mistakes. And so my passion is to share what I've learned, to help find other experts and entrepreneurs, to also share their advice and insights. The goals of the show are to inspire and to inform. As always, I welcome your comments, your suggestions. If you've got a challenge you'd like some help with, I'll do my best to answer to find you an answer. If you want to be a guest or know someone who would be a great guest, or you've just found a great resource to share, email me at dnagel, N-A-G-E-L, at lakes, plural, lakesradio.org. The show will be better for your input. And now, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest for today. Joining me by phone today is Dan Olszewski. Have I pronounced that right, Dan? You pronounced it very uh, right on target. Uh, wonderful. Dan Oshevsky, who is the director of something called the Weinert Center for Entrepreneurship at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, which is part of the School of Business there. Dan says that the wine. Sorry, go ahead. Thank you, Doris. (laughs) Well, hang on. I haven't finished the introduction. (laughs) The Weinert Center is an award-winning program. It was founded in 1986 and fosters entrepreneurial thinking for students across all levels of the UW campus. And Dan, as the director, has an amazing background. In addition to directing the center, he co-founded something called the Mortgage Entrepreneurial Bootcamp Program, which has taught students at all levels across the campus and won a school-wide teaching award. Prior to joining the University of Wisconsin, he was CEO and chairman of a company called Parts Now, where he helped the company grow organically and through a major acquisition. I'm having trouble talking today. Bear with me, folks. Ultimately leading to a successful, still having trouble, successful buyout of the founder in 1999 with the assistance of private equity funding. He's also a former consultant at McKenzie, which, as many of our listeners will know, is one of the world's premier consulting and thought leadership companies. He's also worked for IBM, the Federal Reserve Board of Governors, and Yasuda Fire and Marine Insurance in Tokyo, which must have been a very interesting experience in and of itself. 
He serves currently on the boards of the First Business Financial Services and National Guardian Life Insurance, and has previously served on the boards of a variety of startups and other businesses, as well as nonprofits. He graduated from UW-Madison with a bachelor's degree in econ and computer science, then got an MBA from Harvard Business School. So, wow, what a background, Dan. Thank you so much for being on the show today. No, it's my pleasure, Doris. I'm looking forward to it. So I I shared with Dan, and full disclosure to our listeners, I am a UW-Madison grad myself, a very proud alumni, and so I am really looking forward to learning more about the Weinert Center and what's going on at the University of Wisconsin to help support entrepreneurs. So Dan, talk a little bit, if you will, about the Weinert Center. Talk a little bit about how it got started and why it got started and what its mission is. Yeah, the Weinert Center has been around since actually 1986 when it was formed as the Center for Small Business Management and Entrepreneurship. Uh, it was actually one of the first in the nation and a, a real pioneer in this area because entrepreneurship, well, entrepreneurship's been around forever. The study of it and it being in the universities is actually a somewhat recent phenomena in the realm of universities. So we're one of the early ones. We're located here in the business school at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And it has been here from the beginning. And then in 1999, was renamed the Weinert Center for Entrepreneurship after an alum from the UW, Jim Weinert, who was a telecom entrepreneur and wow. a very successful telecom entrepreneur and helped get the center kind of launched into the, I guess, at the time, the new century and has grown ever, ever since then. While we're in the business school, uh, we view our mission to be much broader than just the business school. So we work with uh, students from truly across the entire campus. Well, I'd say our primary focus is uh, the student and working with them to help instill a entrepreneurial mindset, uh, which uh, sometimes manifests itself as them starting a business, but uh, more often than not is giving them the skills so at some point in their career, they will potentially become an entrepreneur or at least uh, an innovator in an existing company. Oh, that's fantastic because one of my passions is to help demonstrate, and I think the, the breadth of guests on the show exemplifies that, which is that entrepreneurship comes in many flavors and, and, and colors and shapes and sizes. And some people think about it as Michael Dell starting a company, a tech company in his garage or, you know, bootstrapping Google or whatever. But and, and that's definitely entrepreneurship, right? But there are a lot of other forms of entrepreneurship and ways that people can use entrepreneurial thinking. Absolutely. Uh, in, in fact, they've done some studies and the average age of a first time successful entrepreneur is uh, more actually late 30s. So while we often think of the Mark Zuckerbergs and Steve Jobs, uh, you know, Bill Gates right. were are the you know, they if you don't drop out of college, you're right. Right. You know, too late to the game. That's really not uh, the case. If you look at the data uh, and most people go on, they have a career, they pick up skills, they quite honestly realize what the problems that need to be solved are. And yeah. then they come up with a good solution to solve that problem. Then they launch their business and it's successful. But 
you know, that usually just takes some time. Very interesting. Well, I'm curious, too, why universities? You mentioned in the description about the Weinert Center, and I'm very proud to know that the UW-Madison was one of the the leaders in developing a program for student entrepreneurs. But you mentioned that a lot of a lot of universities maybe were a, a little later to the game. Why do you think that is? Well, it's that's a really good question. I, I think part of it is entrepreneurship was a, a bit hard to define, kind of what it is, because you had all the different business studies uh, in meaning marketing, finance, you know, operations, you know, the different function I'll call functional areas of business. And for a long time, I think the business schools kind of viewed entrepreneurship as, you know, it's all of those things just on a smaller scale. And uh, so it, it's like, well, it's already already being covered uh, everywhere. And it just took some time for enough uh, maybe research and or academic expertise to get into it uh, to realize, hey, well, actually, these things are different, that it's not it's not just the, a big company miniaturized. <laughs> there right, right. are different aspects, especially when you're looking at new markets where it maybe doesn't exist. And there, it, it's not a question of you're adding a, a, you know, a, a new uh, soda. It's something like you're creating a, a, you know, the, the mobile phone that you know, didn't even, there wasn't a thing there right. before. Well, and I'm sure there are issues with silos at university. I've never worked for a university, but have worked for more than a couple of very large organizations. And it sometimes takes some time and effort and vision and passion and persistence to break down silos. And I'm guessing that could be the case at a large university as well. Yeah, I think um, I wasn't around in 86 when they started it, but uh, I give a lot of credit to those early faculty members that had the vision to do this. And I I think, you know, they had to really uh, sell the rest of the uh, school on the fact that this something that was this cross-disciplinary was a suitable field of study. Right. And and that the business school probably was a good place as any to house it. Right. Right. Yeah. In fact, that's a good point because in a lot of schools, uh, the entrepreneurship center actually ended up getting started in the engineering school uh, oh, because interesting. you know the business school wasn't real keen on it early on. But yeah, that's oh, you know yeah. I think a real credit to the UW is that the business school was an early adapter. There. That's interesting, Dan. How? And why did you get involved with this program? I mean, you've had a phenomenally broad background. There's probably a million different, I don't know about a million, but quite a lot <laughs> of different things that you could have done with your career. So how how, and why the Weinert Center and the University of Wisconsin? You know, a couple of reasons there. Um, I would, and this is more kind of personal than anything else, is as a University of Wisconsin uh, undergrad, I have an incredibly strong uh, affinity to the school and feel it was truly a life-changing experience for me when I came here as a freshman from a small town, you know, literally a farm in a small town in Wisconsin to attend the UW, it changed my life. So truly a a passion for uh, the UW and had always uh, thought about uh, teaching as something I'd like to do, uh, you know, later in my career. And I was, uh, you know, very fortunate uh, and 
was uh, blessed with some uh, business success with the uh, companies I ran and uh, had the opportunity to be uh, in Madison, which is also an incredible town to live in. <laughs> and I uh, started teaching uh, just one class at the UW and got on the radar of the dean at the time who said, well, you know, things seem to be going really well and the class is going well and the students like it. Uh, what we really could use is someone to be the director of the Entrepreneurship Center. And that oh, was my goodness. Wow. Great, yeah, great fit with my passions of being able to help students, but then also help them think about new businesses and, and uh, new innovations uh, as you go forward. So that was, you know, very much what uh, got me interested in it. And, and I'd also say, you know, it's a, a great uh, role in that it's changing every year. It never gets boring because the ideas are different every year. Right. Well, and one of my questions for you was how the program has evolved. But I want to hold that thought and talk a little bit about the program itself today. How do students find you? How do you find them? Yeah, and you try to engage in a lot of different areas. The university has a actually a residence hall here that is devoted to entrepreneurship. Uh, the floor on the residence hall is devoted uh, to entrepreneurship. So ah, that's right. You've got yeah. these um, you focus. I forget what they're yeah. called, but they're they're that's new since I've been there. I'm dating myself. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't have any such thing many years that, ago. That's there, for both but. of us. But yeah, it's a um, residential learning community uh, structure, and entrepreneurship is one of them. So you literally have incoming freshmen who are interested in entrepreneurship can select to live on this floor and uh, work with and live with other students that have that same interest. So we we get some people that coming in the door know they want to do that. We also uh, then work a lot with the advisors uh, throughout the campus because since we're so cross uh, campus oriented, you know, we want a student if they're in engineering, if they're in retail, if they're in you know arts or economics, kind of whatever the field is, that if they're talking meeting with their advisor and they're like, hey, I, I really enjoy this, this is my major, but I'm also thinking about you know doing something else. They can point them in the direction of the Weinert Center and our, our uh, classes that are yeah. there. You uh, know, I, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but I think sometimes students who have kind of a wild juxtaposition of double majors or major and a minor are often by nature kind of entrepreneurial because I, they just don't, they refuse to fit into one slot <laughs> or another. Did, would you agree with that? I, I would agree with that. And uh, you know, they actually have done some studies on, you know, who becomes an entrepreneur. And there is a little bit of that. They don't, they're maybe not quite as good about following the rules or they like to create their own pathway through the rules is probably yeah. a good way to phrase it. Right, right, right. That's true. You know, people who um, get double major in astrophysics and clarinet performance or something, right. you know, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to pick one path or the other. Where are you going with that? You know, and the students who, who choose those kind of roles are just following their heart, which is mm-hmm. often what you have to do, I think, in my experience as an entrepreneur. You don't know the answers to that, but sometimes some of the the most interesting and novel ideas come out of juxtapositions of things that people hadn't quite put together before. 
Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. Uh, and that is uh, something you see quite a bit where they're able to pull some learnings from one field and apply it in a new and unique way in a different field. Uh, I mean, they often talk about how Steve Jobs with the uh, Macintosh computer always referenced he had taken a class as an undergrad in fonts which, <laughs> you know, which is kind of a, yeah, which is a very unique and kind of the calligraphy and, and that, you know, whole subject was something that he had, you know, was very interested in and then, you know, applied that in the, the computing realm, which hadn't really been a focus previous to him. Wow, that's really interesting. So I think you've touched on this just a little bit, Dan, but what do you look for in student participants in the program and what's the process look like for being part of the program and it, it depends a bit on the program because we have uh so many different programs and and competitions i should say one of the other ways we engage students is we have a fair number of speakers and events and and meetups and, and other programs that we publicize on campus so that students can kind of self-select to whatever looks interesting to them, uh, and, as well as our classes, but these other things that are going on so they can find it themselves and you know work uh, and engage that way. So as far as the students, it is really varied. Uh, you know, there are so many different paths in entrepreneurship and different ways you can come at it and uh, what it means to you that we're, we tend to be, you know, very open uh, to who's interested in entrepreneurship. And, and quite a, one of the unique things is an idea is nice, but it's really not required. I have seen. Really? So this yeah. is you. So you don't have to come and go through a pitch competition and have your idea with a basic business plan before you can get to be a part of the program. No, we we actually try to engage even earlier because what you find is a lot of pe a lot of entrepreneurs um, they know they want to be an entrepreneur. They and they've actually done some things. They had the lemonade stand when they were, you know, a kid. They maybe right. you know, sold T-shirts uh, yep. at some point. You know, right. they dog walking business, whatever. Right. Exactly. So they have that kind of hustle, if you will. But it's hard to have a really good idea. I mean, it's not an easy thing to do. So at a certain point, they may say, "Okay, I don't have one today." But I really know I will have one as I go forward in life. And, you know, we love to engage with those students. And so we're really looking for people that have, you know, just some drive, that hustle. They have to have a certain amount of ability to handle uncertainty because it's just, you know, that uncertainty or, you know, chaos of the situation. It's often not going to be a perfectly linear path that Boy. Uh, forward with. Boy, truer words were never spoken, <laughs> at least in my experience with myself and my clients. But, you know, how, how do you assess the comfort level with uncertainty? It is yeah, it's a, a that's always a bit of a challenge, and we you in some ways try to let the students I'll call it self-select, <laughs> and you know when you have different exercises or activities uh, that they do, uh, some of them will like love it, and some of them will be like, wow, this was really uncomfortable, <laughs> and uh, we often say in our classes if we're do, you know if we're doing a good job teaching at the end of the class. There will be a certain percentage of the students that come out of the class and say, 
I really enjoyed the class, and I am now certain I don't want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> wow, you know, that, that kind of process, though, I'm just thinking of some of the adult entrepreneurs that I've worked with or worked for, as you know, with clients. Boy, that, could, that kind of process could have saved some of them, maybe even me, a lot of money mm-hmm. and a lot of pain and anguish because people think that they want to be their own boss, but... You're right. It's a lot more challenging than that. It's 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 not do you do you want to get rid of the boss? Every nobody really wants a boss. The question is, do you want to be the boss of you, and are you capable of doing that? Yeah, yeah. One of the uh, sayings I've heard is that an entrepreneur is someone who'd rather work twice as hard for themselves as they would for anybody else. <laughs> and well, uh, that's right. You know, it, it, there's some uh, truth to that, and. And I think that's one of the things we like to do is help provide people with just enough of a feel for what goes into it, because you're absolutely right, especially today, being an entrepreneur is kind of a cool thing. And, you you know, you hear about it, but, you know, there's a there's an incredible amount of hard work and stress and everything else that goes into it that uh, comes along with it. And it's not, uh, you know, an entrepreneur who thinks that uh, being my own boss means I'll be able to play more golf or, you know, spend more, more time. (laughs) I can, I can binge watch, binge watch (laughs) Grey's Anatomy whenever I want to. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that may be true, but it's not going to happen if you're doing it right. (laughs) Right. So you've alluded to a little a, a little bit about how the Weinert Center helps student entrepreneurs or would-be entrepreneurs. Talk a little bit more about how you go about doing that. I mean, what what does a typical semester look like for a student who's part of the program? Yeah. So a student that's part of the program, and um, you know, these students can really come from all the different majors, as I mentioned, at all different levels. So from freshman up to PhD uh, are all uh, kind of in our universe. And so it's a, a wide range. And I'd say our primary pathway of engagement will be our classes. And uh, the students are able to take classes in many different areas of entrepreneurship, from kind of introduction to entrepreneurship, to venture creation, technology entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial finance, some arts entrepreneurship, in um, you know growing kind of growth strategies and other uh, aspects of um, entrepreneurship are related to it. So the classes are are really a, a great and, and the main uh, focus. In most of those classes have, are open to all majors. So you can come kind of at them from wherever you you, you are. And, uh, so, you, so you don't have to be a business major to learn more about creating good business plans or how to raise money for a business or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and then you know, what we're teaching in those classes is really this entrepreneurial mindset of how do you recognize problems, how do you come up with innovative solutions, and how do you then move that idea forward? Because there are lots of ideas floating around out there, but able to actually take that idea and move it uh, to something real, to uh, something that's saleable or, or an actual a product takes a, a lot of work. And, and an idea of kind of how do you go about that, and also one of the things we work on is making sure to engage with you know, 
other resources and other folks on campus that can help them and in the community because you know really wherever you're at there are usually a lot of other people or organizations that are there to you know help you move things forward well i i'm just i'm just imagining i mean when i was at the uw madison it was almost overwhelming even back you know back before the civil war when i was in school But the university was almost overwhelming even at that point in terms of the pockets of resources and institutes and various professors doing all kinds of things. And that's not even taking into account all the people in the community and the people who are in the greater UW alumni community, of which that that in and of itself is probably an astounding foundation of all kinds of resources willing to help. Yes. And I mean, I, as a fellow uh, UW alum, I am constantly amazed at how broad and deep the expertise on this campus is. Just the number of different fields that you'll end up meeting someone who's the world expert, you know, in this. And, you know, it happens all the time. So that's one of the areas where we really stress the you know the students this is a perfect time as a student to really take advantage of that while you're here because you 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 can really learn so much Um, I had a couple of years ago I had a a student who was working on a a new dog treat because that was kind of her uh, project she was interested in had a dog and uh, you know passionate and kind of a very clever idea and lo and behold, she finds um, there's, you know, someone over in the uh, College of Egg and Life uh, Sciences who is uh, one of the world's experts on, uh, you know, nutrition for uh, pets. And wow. you know, and so, you know, she was able to, you know, get a meeting with him and, you know, talk about uh, what his or kind of what her idea was and you know he got excited and you know gave her all kinds of great ideas and important things to think about and you know probably saved her years of development in just a few meetings because you know here's the right person and you know that's a story you hear you know quite often. Well and I think it's not just the tangible knowledge and connections and background but sometimes what you really need is to surround yourself with people that are going to give you positive feedback, uh, people that help you stay excited about your idea, and to find somebody else who who thinks your idea is really fun and cool, somebody who has already achieved a measure of success out there in the real world, has got to be just incredibly inspiring for a student. Yeah, and and that is really one of the goals we have uh, in our program is the very word you just used of inspiring. We want our students to really, you know, be inspired uh, by, uh, you know, other entrepreneurs. We have uh, a weekly uh, luncheon we call it the Distinguished Entrepreneurship Lunch, and uh, we have uh, pizza and, and a speaker, and it's very casual and. You know, in the space of a little uh, under an hour, the speaker will, we ask them, hey, you know, just talk about your kind of life story, your your entrepreneurial journey, yeah. and uh, reflect on some of the key lessons learned along the way, and uh, some Q&A. 
And wow. um, the student is just so powerful because first off, almost every entrepreneur, when they, no matter how successful they are, are you know very when they reflect on it they'll uh, say you know i made a ton of mistakes along the way and you know here's what i learned from it and it's yeah. not this you know you need to be you know as they kind of put their uh, pants on one leg at a time you know as well they're, you know they're they're real human beings uh, right. and it's not as though they're this you know mythological uh, being exactly. that uh, no right. one else Something fully formed, you know, right. a Bill Gates that's fully formed rises out of the mist as this multi-billion dollar genius, you know, and it's it's just so, I, I'm sure there are people like that, but wow, mm -hmm. I think that's the exception, not the rule. There's a lot of people eating mac and cheese and wondering, <laughs> you know, whether they're going to be able to pay their rent or yeah. their mortgage, you know. No, absolutely. And, and especially um, if we have, you know, alumni that are here because they'll often, you know, mention like, oh, you know, I lived in this. This was the residence hall I lived in or, you know, I worked at the student union and, you know, just it's a very relatable you yeah. know, experience. And it's like, wow, I'm, I'm doing, you know, there's students in the audience that are like, why well, I'm doing that. And they come out of that, you know, feeling they both learn, they learn some great lessons, but they also right. tend to be very energized and inspired that, wow, if they could do it, I can do it too. And absolutely. That confidence. Absolutely. absolutely. Right. Well, hold that thought for a minute, Dan. We need to take a quick break right now for station identification and a word from a couple of our sponsors. Welcome back, everybody. This is Doris Nagel, host of The Savvy Entrepreneur. We are chatting today. We are very fortunate to have Dan Olszewski, who is joining us this week on our show to talk about the Weinert Center. It's a Weiner Center for Entrepreneurship, and it's part of the School of Business at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. So, Dan, before the break, we were talking a little bit about how the Weiner Center provides support and resources for student entrepreneurs or would-be student entrepreneurs. And I think you, you talked about the number of classes that are available to students across the campus and the... I don't know if I'd call it brown bag lunches where you feature past alumni and other entrepreneurs. What other kinds of support does the program offer outside of the classroom? Yeah, you know, one of the other uh, events that uh, we've been doing for a, a few years that uh, has uh, been uh, successful is, in fact, we're doing it next week, uh, is at the beginning of each semester, we hold a partner up event. Because as uh, we talked earlier, you know, this is a big campus and sometimes it can be hard to connect with other people uh, that are interested in the same thing. So this at this event, we invite students in a, a very casual and, it's a, and supportive manner to do an elevator pitch on their idea. And at the end of it, also say, kind of, what are they looking for? And wow. uh, often, often it's a partner for their startup idea. And right. then invite students who don't have an idea, but are just interested in potentially working on a startup idea with uh, someone or just learning about some different ideas, because it's always kind of fun to hear uh, some neat ideas uh, that people have. 
And you know, we'll do that and you'll have you know engineering students that'll be talking about they've got this idea, but they really would love to have a, a business student that could help them with the business plan or you know working on a financial model. And then you'll have uh, students that have a you know, really a business student or, you know, art student that have a really, uh, you know, clever idea, but they're like, I don't know how to program. So I need, uh, you know, I'm looking for someone who can code uh, and help me develop something. And uh, the, the goal is to you know, have partners, you know, uh, find partners, and then they can work together. And this also leads into on campus, we have some different uh, business uh, idea pitch competitions uh, that oh, take place. Fun. I bet those different... are a blast. Yeah, oh yeah, that, that's always really a lot of fun and, and students do a great job and it's very high energy. Uh, so this is a, a way for them to come together and then uh, you know work on those teams uh, as they go forward. Because one of the things we like to do both in the classes and outside of the classes in the realm of entrepreneurship is really uh, have it be a kind of an applied focus and a lot of learn by doing, because mm -hmm. that's what really students uh, often find that to be one of the things that they learn a ton from and also uh, can have a lot of fun uh, doing it. But well, and, uh, and getting a lot of practical skills for the real world. I mean, doing presentations in front of a group of people is something that a lot of us were not very prepared for in college, but are things that we had to learn how to do through trial and error in our jobs uh, and in our life after college. So to be able to get up in front of a group, put together a coherent business plan and a project plan and pitch it and talk articulately, field objections from people, those are those are phenomenal skills, even if they don't go on to have a, a successful startup business that gets venture capital funding or something. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, you know, just that ability to communicate and to really pitch an idea is a life skill because, if you know, it may be your business idea, but it could just as easily be, you know, your, you know, strategy in an existing business or your idea in a, in a, at your employer. Yeah, exactly. So since the center's been around for really, wow, well over 30 years, almost 35 years, I guess, almost, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not too good with math, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there must be some really interesting stories of entrepreneurs that have come through the program. Talk about some of the successes, maybe, and some of the the most interesting things that have developed from working with the center and then going on to do other things. Yeah, and this is something we've actually uh, seen both in where the student outcomes are is in the startup realm, but also um, very much in the corporate realm and, and even you know nonprofits or the academic realm. Uh, it's a kind of, uh, you know, I've been here 14 years and it's kind of neat now that I'm starting to see faculty members on campus that are former students that are now sending oh, their, wow. <laughs> you know, they're starting, it makes me feel old, but it does, <laughs> the benefit is they're starting to send their students now to our programs saying, oh, you know, this would be a really good thing and uh, for you because it, it was so helpful to them. 
How so, fun is that? Yeah, that must yeah. be really rewarding. Uh, and, and that's so that's a great. Uh, we've also had some you know great success in our uh, students. One of the one of the things they often will do is uh, as a student or more often as a recent alum, they'll enter the governor's business plan competition, which is, so there's a statewide business plan competition here in Wisconsin that is- Is it just probably, for students? No, no, it's actually for all potential entrepreneurs. So ah. there will be, uh, you know, hundreds of entries uh, in this. It's uh, quite a big competition statewide. Many uh, experienced entrepreneurs uh, will enter it because of the prizes, but also the feedback and the visibility you can get on your idea. So um, those are, you know, I, I actually would recommend any of your listeners that uh, are uh, interested uh, to check it out if you're in Wisconsin, because it's uh, uh, quite a, a great competition that's put on uh, by the Wisconsin Tech Council. When, when does that happen? Yeah, um, the entry is, um, let's see, I think the deadline, the deadline is coming up um, very soon. So I'm not exactly sure when, when the person listens to this, but the final competition is in June. Uh, okay. It will be in Milwaukee this year. Yeah, uh, so applications probably are due in what, January, February? Yeah, I think the applications may be due on the 20, at the end of January. Uh, gotcha. on that. So uh, the first, the first draft, uh, yes, the initial uh, application. But anyhow, uh, that, so that competition is, is one. And over the last, uh, I think five or six years, we've actually had two, we, two of the grand prize winners uh, wow. have, been, uh, have been former students uh, of our program that have won that statewide, which is, you know, a, a real Huge credit to, to them. Two very, very different ideas. I mean, we have one, uh, two graduate students here that started a company called Novamoto. His, the purpose is a rent-to-own business uh, for solar power in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And while uh, they're located here in uh, Wisconsin, their customers are over in uh, the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, and it's people that are off the grid. So they're using kerosene and uh, diesel generators for lighting and electricity, which have significant health, safety, uh, and economic issues, uh, quite honestly. Uh, so they come up with a better solution and have uh, launched a business over there and have numerous uh, paying customers and very, like I said, a very interesting one that's uh, gotten some uh, traction over there. And then another one, a woman uh, in, uh, a, another uh, woman scientist uh, here who is a postdoc uh, student, launched a company called Blue Diagnostics that uh, using saliva could help um, monitor a woman's fertility. So, Wow. Uh, trying to get pregnant, this, uh, instead of a blood test, the saliva mark, uh, has uh, the ability to help kind of optimize that. So she created, you know, that, uh, that business. Um, wow. And, you know, just Amazing. a wide range. So have any of the businesses that ideas that have gone through the program actually ended up becoming long-term viable companies or going IPO or getting venture funding? Yeah, um, just over the last, uh, you know, a few years, we've actually, I keep track of it for just a couple of our programs, and we've uh, had over 90 million in uh, venture funding 
in students, some of these student startups. One of the kind of uh, bigger programs, so, you know, they've raised a, a fair amount. Um, we've had others that have gone on and created, you know, very kind of great uh, businesses that uh, are have been going for years. In fact, uh, one of the earliest ones, and this predates uh, my time even at the in, at the center, is a company called Cascade Asset Management that got started doing uh, IT recovery and recycling for computer equipment. And uh, they wow. have been around for 20 years, have offices here in Madison and Indianapolis, and you know, been uh, kind of a successful uh, business, uh, you know, all that time. And Aaron Solutions is another uh, probably 20-year-old company, too, that uh, works as a, uh, the woman who started that, started it as a, const oh, actually a former uh, uh, former guest of yours. Absolutely. <laughs> fact, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So those of you listening yeah. who are interested, they just posted the recording of the show with Marsha McVicker and Aaron Solutions. It's a great story. So I mm. hope some of you out there take a listen to it. Yeah, no, and that's, uh, yeah, I mean, she's a great uh, entrepreneur with a fascinating uh, story. It's fun, too, because uh, you'll see just a wide range of, of different ideas that people do have, you know, former students uh, that go on and launch companies. Uh, one of the big, uh, actually a big uh, company here in Madison uh, that was started by some you know, well-aware students is Eat Street, which is an online uh, food ordering business oh. uh, that is, you know, they've raised uh, over 50 million in, in venture capital uh, themselves and have quite a, a large presence uh, throughout the country. And that's, you know, kind of a great example. You just see these incredibly gifted entrepreneurs who, as students, then just have learned so much and taken it to a, a great level. But it, it, some are techie and some are, you know, very uh, low tech as well. And it, that must be just tremendously rewarding to know that you've helped have an impact on so many students' lives. I mean, wow, talk about a great job. So, so it, yeah, they're, they're, they're really, it's uh, something that as I started the discussion, you know, I felt like the UW played such instrumental part in my personal life and, and growth and to be able to, you know, help any uh, of the current students is a, a real uh, gift. So let's just talk before we wrap up, we just have a few minutes left to talk about how the Weinert Center has changed and evolved and and kind of what you've learned over the years and how the program has responded and and changed and evolved with entrepreneurship. You know, we've grown quite a bit. In fact, I was just looking at some statistics uh, in this uh, morning, and over the past uh, 10 years, uh, we've increased our, the number of students in our classes by 427%. Uh, so wow. really, yeah, <laughs> you know, very dramatic growth. And the fact that a majority of the students now in our classes are from outside of the business school. So that's been a, a big change from as you said, kind of over the years, we used to be far more business, very much business school focused and also probably a bit more at the graduate, at the MBA level. 
And oh. uh, we have ex really uh, made a, a very strategic decision a few years ago that you know, who becomes an entrepreneur is anyone can become an entrepreneur. So what can we do to help the entire campus and moved towards uh, doing that? And that's uh, been you know very successful. So we have that. One of the big changes is that increase. We now have a certificate. You can major in entrepreneurship, but we also have a certificate in entrepreneurship that is open to the all different majors, and that's become one of the most popular one on the entire campus as well. So that's a, another big change. You know, one of the other big changes I would say uh, that I've seen in the program over the years is the interest uh, from corporations and existing companies. A few years ago, when I started, students would often, if they were majoring in entrepreneurship, were always a little apprehensive about even putting it on their resume because there was this feeling of companies were going to say, well, why would I ever hire someone who studied entrepreneurship? Because Right. You just, if, you, if you, <laughs> I give you a job, you'll just want to leave anyway. Right, right. And that has really changed. I mean, the most uh, of the companies are now saying, you know, I need people that are thinking innovatively because my biggest fear isn't that you're going to leave. It's that it's a competitor that's out there and I'm not, I don't have anyone here who's thinking innovatively enough to uh, keep our existing company going. And you right. see that as companies have been, uh, you've, lots of companies have run into problems over the years because they've lacked that innovation. So they're starting to really value are students that are studying entrepreneurship and often a, another field because they have that innova innovation uh, interest and they want their students to have that. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. There's a lot of companies that would, as you alluded to, would have benefited from a little more out of the box uh, entrepreneurial yeah. thinking. They might have, they might still be around. A lot of familiar names have kind of fallen by the wayside lately. So no, you're absolutely right. I um, actually often tell my students that if I looked at the Dow 30 when I graduated from school, uh, and you know, Dow 30 is the probably 30 blue chip companies, uh, you know, in the country. I look at that list. Four of the 30 have declared bankruptcy uh, since yeah. uh, you know that time. And that just means, you know, you need you need to be more entrepreneurial in your own career and companies need to be more innovative for their own livelihood uh, going forward, because that's uh, just the nature of the modern economy. Right. Dan, last question. What are your longer term goals for the program? What do you think it will look like or what would you like it to look like in five years? You know, we've talked about uh, the rapid and, and pretty very significant growth uh, that we've had here over the years. Quite honestly, I think we strive to have an even greater impact for the campus and uh, the students on this campus because what we're teaching in this entrepreneurial mindset is really something I think we view as an important life skill and it's useful to everyone. And it's not just uh, people that are going to start a business. It's for people that are going to be working in a business, for people that are working in nonprofits, and for people who are going to be service providers to different uh, businesses, especially startup businesses. And all of those skills are, you know, very 
applicable. What we're teaching is incredibly applicable to those and, and just in even life in general. So we, we feel pretty passionate about that. And I think uh, strive to have uh, probably every student on this campus uh, say, you know, I really want to take at least one entrepreneurship class uh, so I can yeah. uh, get some of the basics uh, because you never know when that's going to come in handy as they Absolutely. go forward in their careers. Absolutely. I, I lied. One more question. Okay. If, if students or parents of students or even alumni are interested in learning more about the Weiner Center and the programs you offer or helping give back, what's the best way for them to connect? You know, probably the best way is to, I would say, start with our, our website. Uh, just as far as, you know, it lays out a lot of the different programs. I've just touched on a few of them. If they're interested in learning more, and uh, would be, you know, Weinert Center, or if you just type entrepreneurship, UW-Madison, uh, we're uh, the number one hit there as well. Hey, of course, spelling uh, entrepreneurship's harder than Weinerty, I believe. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, that's probably right. But I'm sure then yeah. there's a contact us page on the, the website yes. there. I was going to say then, um, you know, and if they want to uh, contact uh, us directly, uh, my email's up there. The Weinert Centers has its own email as well. So happy uh, to have them do that as well with specific questions. Well, I thank you, Dan. I hope some of the listeners take you up on that. That's our show for today. I want to thank very much Dan Olszewski for being with us on the show today. Dan, again, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Doris. It was a real pleasure. To listen to an on-demand recording of the podcast of today's show, along with other free information and resources for entrepreneurs, you can go to the Savvy Entrepreneur Radio Show page at lakesradio.org to my consulting website, which is globalocityservices.com, or my law website, which is forsythialaw.com. Now, be sure to join us next Saturday when our guest will be Ty Rohrer. He's been involved with nonprofits most of his life. He is the director of the Illinois Arts Council and has also been involved with a number of other nonprofits over the course of years. And he'll talk about how to apply entrepreneurial skills to successfully run a nonprofit, something that Dan just alluded to. It'll be a great interview, I promise. So be sure not to miss it. And until then, folks, I'm Doris Nagel, wishing you happy entrepreneuring. Mm-hmm.